following teaching is from the Warrior's Heart Bible Study for Men. You can find us on the web at warriorsheart.org. We hope you have a great well, day. Well, uh, it's a pleasure to see everybody here today and have you here. I've, I met a Gary, and I met a Gary, and I met a Iro, and I met a John, and I met a Lance, and of course there's always Buzz, which is the best name of all. So nice to have you here. I, I'm going to respect your time. I've got about 30 minutes, so I'm going to move kind of fast, but I want to move in a way that the Holy Spirit wants to move and what you want to really learn today. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Um, Concerning the faith in the workplace and everything surrounding that, what are some things that trouble you or what are some things that you would like to learn more about? Who has something? I'm going to write a few of them up on the board here to make sure I, I catch all of that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. And, and what about legalities? Yeah. Okay. So really, what, what legal rights do we really have? What, what freedom do we have? Very good question. Okay. What else? What's that name? Personality conflicts with supervisors. Nobody's ever had that, right? <laughs> okay. All right. So can I say how to handle difficult people? Is that Okay. Okay, how to handle or respond to difficult people. Okay, great question. All right, who else? Yeah, Lance? Okay, so... What I'm hearing is uh, there may be a discussion or something that comes up that's in conflict what you believe is a follower of Christ and how to handle that. Okay. So maybe how to handle disagreement. Is that okay? Okay. I may not spell everything right this early in the morning. Okay. What else? What else would you like to learn today? Almost impossible deadlines. Tell us more about that. Okay. So how to handle the pressures as a follower of Christ, how that looks different. Can I say that? Okay. Okay. So handling deadline pressures. Okay. I'm just going to put pressures because there's all kinds of it in the the workplace. Okay. One more. Question you have, something that's bothering you, something that's troubling you. Yes? Boy, that's a great question, isn't it, in Houston right now? Yeah, in other areas. So what I just heard was how to handle the fear of perhaps being laid off or losing a position or if you have lost a position, so to speak, how to handle that as a follower of Christ that glorifies God. Did I say that right? Okay, Juan, thank you. Okay, I'm going to stop right there, and if there's some other ones that come up, I can certainly, I'm flexible enough to, to go ahead and do that. We're going to see a video. You've, some of you have probably seen the video. Uh, has anybody heard of the Comedy Act, Penn and & Teller? And, and you know... Uh, Penn Gillette is a very enthusiastic agnostic, excuse me, atheist, not agnostic. I'm going to show you this video. You may have seen it before, 
But I want you to look at it very carefully because their workplace is the stage. And something happened, if you haven't seen the video, that's very interesting. I want you to listen very carefully because I'm going to ask you some questions about this. Okay, what jumped out at you? Okay, he did, wasn't defensive necessarily. He, had a, he, had a, he was impacted. Okay, what else, did you, what else did you notice about that interaction? Now, this is one of the, the most vocal atheists in the United States. God can speak through anybody, can he? <laughs> That's right. He gave, he gave us a plan there, didn't he, so to speak? Yeah. What else did you notice? Yes, Steve? God's working there. Seems like he's working. Yeah, God's always working, by the way. Anybody else? Why was that interaction so powerful to him, do you think? Honesty? Okay. Which we're going to talk about today. Yeah. What did he keep saying about this guy? Yeah, looked him in the eyes. Yeah, looked him in the face. He kept, and he kept saying, who did he interact with right there? The guy that walked up, or, or excuse me, uh, Penn Jillette, who did he meet right there? He met Jesus Christ. He didn't meet that guy that gave him the book. <laughs> he interacted with Jesus. Did you notice how he wiped a tear away from his eye there at one point? Now, the reason I showed you that was why. What's the point of that video? That man came back the next night. He, he, I don't know where this was. I don't remember if he said where, the, where it was or not. He came back the next night, and he walked up to him. And what did he keep saying about the guy? He's a what? He's a good man. He's a good man. How long did this interaction take? I don't know. It couldn't have been too long, I wouldn't think. And wasn't it interesting that he had how many contacts? Five. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure that hopefully he had a chance to do that. Penn Jillette was in his workplace, and somebody came up and approached him that really didn't even know him. So I want you to remember that as we go through this here this morning, because that's what we're going to talk about. I'm hoping that what we talk about today changes things in your workplace, if you're, if you're employed right now, or your career, and I hope it changes you, because... There's a reason you're still sucking down oxygen right now, and we're going to talk about that. Okay. First of all, let's ask the question, how does God look at your work? You're going to give the presentation. I'm not going to give the presentation today. How does God look at your work? Okay. How do we know that? Does everybody agree with that, by the way? It's an opportunity to witness. Okay, sure. Good point. How, how do we know that? I'm asking everybody. I don't have a set answer for this. I just wonder what you're thinking. How do we know that? Does everybody believe that? Okay. Okay, opportunity to serve. Wow. Great point. Okay, let's look at some scripture here. Uh, first of all, everybody knows Ephesians 2.10. Uh, God created in Jesus good works for you to do. So if you're walking in God's will... He's got some things for you to do. Not only does he have things for you to do, some of you have questions in your mind right now about how to do things. You have decisions in your life you're trying to make. Is that a correct assumption? He's already got the answer for you. And how do we get to the answer? We ask him. And I want you to write this question down. I, I suggest you write it down. I don't want to be too prescriptive. Here's the question. God, what do you have to say about that? 
God, what do you have to say about that? Whatever that is. And in some cases, somebody's looking for a position here. God, what do you have to say about that? How is that different than get me a job? How's that question different than just get me a job? What do you think? Yeah. Who said that? Who just said that? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Yeah. Do everybody hear that right there? What's the difference between God, get me a job quick, and what do you have to say about that? What's different about those questions? He's, he's, he just struck. What's your first name? Lee? Lee just struck on that a little bit. What's the difference? What does God know? Yeah. See, if your life is a journey of a 1,000 miles, how much of that journey do you really know? Do you and I know? About that much. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we got in the car and got here today. That's about all we know. He knows everything. So when you ask him that, he can give you more information than what you expect because he can see around the corner. Some of you don't have a position today. I know because I talked to you. I've been there before. But you don't know what he's going to do with that. He's got something for you that you can't even imagine because that's what Ephesians 3.20 says, doesn't it? Now to him who can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us to his glory. Okay? Okay. So we know that. So God's got something for you specifically to do. And quite frankly, if you don't have a position right now, that could be that he's going to move you to something else. That's exactly what you should be doing. Okay. This is from Francis Chan. Steve, would you read that? What are things that never end that are eternal? What are some things that are never ending? God's love. Okay. God's love, his desire to be close to us. What else? His word. Can't destroy that. What else? The souls of men. There is nothing more important in my life and in your life than understanding that every person we run into is a divine appointment. I don't care if it's a guy begging on the corner. I don't care if it's a CEO of a company. It doesn't matter. They're divine appointments. And you know that. You guys all know that. You're all, you're all strong in your faith. Okay. So what matters to him is that we change, help him change the demographics of heaven. I believe that there's somebody in this room today that's going to talk to somebody that could make a difference in their life. Who's responsible for bringing somebody to the Lord? No, you're not. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a thing to do with this. We do have a thing to do with it. It's the Holy Spirit. You've got to get that. Because what happens is Satan wants you to think what? It's your job. You're failing, John. You didn't do that. You didn't talk to that person right. Well, you know what? It may take a thousand connections with the gospel somehow for somebody to have a relationship with Christ. You might be number 788. So it's the Holy Spirit. So that relieves some of the pressure. It's not what a man does that determines whether work is sacred or secular. It's what? Why he does it. So let's take a look at some perspective here. When you go, how many of you have been on a mission trip? It's another country. Okay, good for you. When you go on a mission trip, what's your, what's your goal? What's some of your goals? To serve. What else? What's that? Provide a need. Absolutely. Sure. Would you? Okay. Preach, share the gospel as appropriate in a winsome way. What else? Anything else? To grow. Uh-huh. To grow. Good. Excellent. Great. Those are some pictures, actually, of some of your mission trips up there. Okay, um, what, are you, what are you looking for when you go on a mission trip? What's your focus? 
other people, totally other direct. I mean, we sacrifice. I mean, we go get sick. We drink water that's no good. We lose sleep. We sleep bugs crawling all over us and all that. We love it. And when you came back, how many of you were changed in a, in a positive way? Okay. <clears throat> that's my little 30-minute uh, alarm. Okay. Now, let me ask you another question. When you go to work, what are your goals? <laughs> Survive the day. Uh, would that be part of it? Making money? Nothing wrong with making money. Got to make money. Okay. How about your career? Got to achieve that career. Got to go up the steps. Yeah. We got to close that sale maybe, a salesman strategy. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And, of course, we got we to gotta help our family out because we have kids that need to go to college and so forth. Is there anything wrong with any of those up there? No, nothing wrong with that at all. But is it, where is it directed, though? It's more to the self, isn't it? doesn't make us bad people because we love our families and we have to have a career, and God understands that, and he's our great provider. Okay. So here's the question I have for you. What if you viewed your workplace as your what? On a daily basis, what would change? That's one of the discussion questions you're going to have when I, fi- when I finish up here. What, could, what are some of the things that would change? How you interact with others? Well, how would it be different? Ooh, benefit of the doubt. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Anything else? Why would it make it? That's a great point. Why would it make a better workplace? Tell us more about that. Wow. Listen, listen to all that. Look at the other focus of those. Thank you, Jerry, very much. Good point. So here's what I want you to realize. There's 191 million people who go to work every day. Only 30% of those go to church. And only half of those, according to Barnard Research, go to Bible-believing churches. We won't get into that. <clears throat> that means there's 133,000 not yet believers. And where are they? They're sitting next to you at work. They're in your career, or Jerry, in your case, they're in your business. <clears throat> That's why Billy Graham says, I believe the next great move of God is going to be in the workplace, and it's already happening right now. Now, here's some best practices that we're going to cover over here, and we're going to get into this. God, God, is, God needs to be your source and your goal. Galatians 2.20, I'm sure everybody here has heard of this or very familiar with it. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but who lives in me? Christ. In the life I live, in the body, I live by faith in what? Did that say oil and gas industry? Did that say my boss? Did that say how well my career goes? Jesus Christ who did what? Loved me and gave himself for me. If you have anxiety right now and you're all worried about something, what is that saying? What's that saying about God? You're not sovereign. Come on. You can't give me a job. I got to worry about this. I got to do this myself. By the way, I've had that happen to me three times in my career. I've had several businesses, and I've also my corporate career have had downsizings and so forth. Fear 
anxiety is not from God. So there's only two choices. What are they? The kingdom of God and the kingdom of what? Satan. That's it, guys. If you're if you're not and the and the 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 king of the kingdom that you're not in, you're at war with. <clears throat> it is God who works in you to will and do his good purpose. Here's what I the first the first big thing I want to share with you. If you're going to bring your work and career to your faith. I didn't say bring your faith to the work or career. You bring your work or career to your faith. You have got to surrender to God's will. You have got to believe that his will is best and none better. If you do not believe that, whose will are you going to try to operate under? Satan. Because when you're in your flesh and I'm in my flesh... I'm serving Satan. I am not serving God. And the vote I'm casting is for that other kingdom. Now, we just had an election, (laughs) and it was a very difficult election. Whether you voted Democrat or Republican, what are you really voting for? That's right. You're voting for what that platform stands for, not necessarily the person but the platform. It's the same thing with Satan. What is his battle plan? John 10.10. Yeah, I come to seek, kill, and destroy. Now, now 1010B is Jesus' plan. What's his plan for us? Abundant life. What kind of life? Abundant life. Life overflowing, life full, life with peace, life with protection. Doesn't mean bad things are going to happen, but that's his battle plan, so you've got to choose for that. Now, you also have to decide, and this is going to get into this up here, which kind of approach do you have in the workplace? Where are, if you're in the workplace right now, are you in a spiritually hostile environment or are you in an open one uh i'm i'm the managing director of the c12 groups managing uh uh, c12 groups in houston and our job is to advance the kingdom of god through the marketplace i'm a business and i'm also ministry i'm what we teach our members to our clients this is one of our clients right here in fact he goes to first baptist some of you know him mike himself the per the purpose of american homebuyer is to glorify what god so you know by the mission statement and the core values of an organization whether or not they're in an environment. You also know by just how the people, how the leadership interact. So you've got to decide which approach to take here, and they're, they're vastly different. Number one, in open environment, evangelism is not what? It is not beating somebody over the head with a Bible and telling them that they're a sinner <laughs> necessarily. It's, it's not urging people, pressing them, coercing them, or overwhelming them and subduing them. Evangelism uh, is telling a message, and it's reporting some good news. Okay, here's a big principle. Here's another principle. The biggest thing you can do to share the gospel is to share what happened to you. Not to tell people they're wrong, not to tell people they're sinners, that they're idiots, that they don't understand. You just Because can anybody disagree? With what's happened to you? Uh-uh. So here's how it works. What, ha- what I was like before Christ, how I came to Christ, and what now what my life is like now. Everybody here can do that. Is that true? Okay, we're going to work on that. We're good. I was wanting to work on that later. We're not going to have time. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that's in you. That's your testimony. Now, if you're in a, uh, a hostile environment, uh, what are those? 
You got to just love them. Just got to love them. That's all. Not argue with them. We don't have to defend anything. We just got to love them. And we've got to be, if we're on a mission field, if we're on a mission trip, you look at that person and what are you thinking? When you're on a mission trip, you see that person, what are you thinking? What's the question you're asking yourself? How can I help them? Everybody in the workplace is the same thing. They all have problems. They've got wives that have cancer. They've got sons that are addicted. They've got issues. And they need somebody to just love them. They don't need somebody to preach at them. They just need somebody to love them. And they're there today. Some of you are going to see them today. Never worry about numbers. Help one person at a time. And always start with the person where? Nearest you. Somebody's life's going to change today because they're going to feel Christ's love. Because it's not going to be your love. It's going to be Christ through you. Mother Teresa. Turning objections into opportunities. We're going to hit number one up there. Best practices. Number one, don't react negatively to anybody. Because you don't know what's going on. You do not know what God's doing. doesn't matter. Be gracious and humble. Don't be discouraged. See, we get discouraged when we have an expectation of if we share something with somebody, right, David, that they should accept Christ because we're such a good person and did such a good job of explaining that. It has nothing to do with it. How many of you have known somebody come to Christ and you said, man, I can't believe those people, that that person is a believer in Christ? Anybody have anything like that? Am I the only one? Is that right? <laughs> well, Buzz, we're glad you're a brother in Christ. <laughs> Recognize the value of doubt. Just because somebody doesn't believe something doesn't make it not true. It doesn't matter whether they believe it or not. Who's, whose job is it to convict them of that? The Holy Spirit. It's not your job to do that. It's not my job. Use Scripture whenever possible, always, gently. Be honest without about knowing something about not knowing something. Somebody, how many of you are afraid to share the gospel because somebody's going to ask you a question? I'm going to ask you to be transparent. I'm that way too. doesn't matter. What do we say if we don't know something? Don't know anything. Why don't you and I figure this out together? Oh, wow, what an opportunity that is. How are we going to do that? We're going to study the what? And we're going to find out that Psalms is not in the New Testament. <laughs> okay and respect their point of view they don't understand they don't know second corinthians 4 4 says the god of this age blinds unbelievers to the glory of the gospel and the beauty of jesus christ they're they're blind they don't know this they don't know it respond with your story if possible if it's appropriate <clears throat> creating your own testimony exercise. Now, I'm over my time, Steve, so I'm going to refer to you. Um, I was going to give about 10 minutes for this. Is it okay to do that, or would you? Five minutes? Okay. Let's right now take five minutes, and I want you to create your own story. Here's your story, and I want you to give it to each other, just very, very briefly. Explain where you were before Christ, how you came to Christ, and how your life changed after Christ. Okay, let's go. Five minutes. And then I'm going to turn this over. I'm going to, well, thank you. I'm going to turn this over to uh, Steve at the end of this, and he will wrap up your discussions from here. I went a little bit over. It's been a blessing being with you. Okay, give your testimony. And how did it change you, do you think? Wow. Can we give him a hand for that, please? Steve, thank you. What's the number one fear everybody has? Number one on the, on the top of the list? No, fear of speaking. 
public speaking. Did you? What What did you notice about him? Yeah, total confidence. He didn't memorize anything, did he? He just told what happened. That's all it is. <laughs> That's beautiful, Steve. That was very nice. Exactly. Can anybody argue with what happened with him? No, because it's his own story. So that takes all the fear away from that. Now, how will God? How would God use a story like that? Because the words he says, the Holy Spirit will use that in that person's life in ways we don't even know. Your story has to be told what God's doing in your life. He wants you to tell that. He doesn't want you to force anybody. And that we get into the legality right here. Where we get into trouble is when we try to force people to do things. And if you're not the CEO or president of the company... um, then what we have to do is sense from the Holy Spirit what he wants us to do in a situation. It may be nothing. It may be just a smile. It may be just to put a, a hand on a sh- sh- shoulder. It may, it may say, uh, geez, would you mind if I prayed for you about that? That's all. That's the biggest thing you have to think about. Um, the other thing here, situations, layoffs, handling, um, pressure. Here's what I hope you'll take from today. We've covered a lot. Your, your life is not your own. You were bought at a price. The problems that you have right now, if you believe that, how many believe that God owns everything and is, is, has given you everything? Can I see that? Okay. He owns everything he's given you, that, that business, he's, that's his business. If we believe that, then whose problems are they right now? They are his problems If you don't have a job right now, that's his problem. And you're trying to figure it out on your own strength. Can I get an amen? (laughs) That person that you can't stand right now is not your issue. God has that person in front of you because they need what? I don't know, but they probably need love. They probably need to interact with Jesus Christ. And he lives in us. So that handles all the layoffs and the pressures and so forth. Uh, How do we handle disagreement? You don't handle the disagreement. Who handles the disagreement? By asking what question? God, what do you have to say about this? You can say it to yourself. Now, if you're going to ask that question, there's some things you've got to be careful about. Number one, you've really got to listen and believe he's going to answer you because he will. Because he says in the Bible that he will do that. Call to me and I will, I will answer you and tell you unsearchable things that you do not know. He promises that. Number two, you've got to write them down. And number three, you've got to believe that he said it. You cannot, you cannot doubt because what happens, we, we, we hear things from God, not a voice necessarily, but a prompting. And we go, geez, that's out there. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, that was just me. I didn't get enough sleep last night. No, God will speak to you. And, and so this is how we handle this right here. Now, the other thing I want to just mention, then I'll wrap up with this. Um, be careful. What's the caution say up there? Have you heard this statement? Uh, so, so where do you go to church? I go to church at such and such. Oh, well, how about you? Where do you go to church? Well, I go to church at uh, Houston's First Baptist. My family's gone there for generations. What's, what's the implication there? If I'm a member of a church, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. That is not true. I'm sorry. It's not bad, but it's not true. That's why, remember when, when, when Penn Jillette said religion has done a lot of bad things? 
You better believe it has. And that's one of the reasons right there. Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's him living through us. It is not a religion. A religion is based on works to get approval. You guys all know that. So please be careful and always really emphasize in your testimony what? The relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we emphasize. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. Any other questions you have that I have not answered? And Steve, I kind of took a little bit too much time here. Any questions that you have not answered? Did we cover all these okay? Okay, good. Any other questions? Okay, I'm done. God bless you. It was sure a pleasure being with you. Thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. We hope you can join us in person. We meet Thursday mornings at 6.30 a.m. in the Garden Room of Houston's First Baptist Church. For more details and to register, you can visit us on the web at warriorsheart.org. That's warriorsheart.org. Have a great day.